Hello, and welcome to Ticket to Game Hedge, the podcast that discusses the science of how to get your friends and family to like our favorite band, Fish. We'll share stories from the community on how people discovered Fish and what makes this band so damn special. So join us as we stamp your ticket to Game Hedge. My name is Adam, and joining me as always is my great friend, Kresha. So welcome. We're going to talk about how we got into fish today. So Kresha, tell me how you discovered fish. Perfect. The, the, the origin story. I would like to, before I talk about that, uh, I really want to talk about kind of the, at least my purpose. You know, I think there's part of just getting together, you and me, and, and chatting about our awesome experience. But I think part of it also is to, you know, to get more people experiencing the joy that we get um, from listening to fish, from going to the shows. You know, like you sent me, it's been 20 years, your 20 year anniversary. You sent me mm-hmm. the set list from Toronto, which is kind of cool. I, I really enjoyed that message, you know, and uh, it made me reflect just on how much joy, uh, how much joy this band has brought to me. And just so, you know, people that aren't, people that don't know us quite yet, we're Canadian. So let's, let's take a look at the state of the world right now and, and something that really upsets me. So we're Canadian and the reputation, and I think it's an accurate reputation for people, you know, that are Canadian are that they're kind and that they're tolerant and, and that they're nice. And here's what's happening in Canada right now, you know, and, and I don't care where this is as political as I'm ever going to get on this podcast. But, um, you know, if, if, if you ask questions about the, the current, you know, recommendations, I'm using air quotes, made by the government, uh, then you're a conspiracy theorist. That's unacceptable. And if you follow along because you're concerned, well, then you're an idiot and you're a sheeple. And that's what you're called. You know, right. what, have, what the hell ever happened to sitting down with somebody and learning their opinion and being empathetic, being Canadian, if you will, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and like trying to understand where this other individual is, where they're coming from and what their thoughts are and what their concerns are, you know, and being a kind, respected. Like, this is the state of the world that we live in right now. So if yeah. I can, you know, help bring more joy to people from fish, you know, and, mm-hmm. and by the way, my secret, my ultra secret mission is just to say thank you to those four, you know, to those four men for just creating something that's brought me so much value in my life. You know, I told the story. Right. So by the way, this is take two on this one, Adam. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I got to meet, I got to meet Trey uh, at an airport in San Diego. Uh, we were there myself and my, and my, and my colleague were delivering a seminar and I was like, Oh my God, I kind of had that moment. Like, you know, like when something scary really happens, like when you see a car accident about to happen, you just react like really awesome in the moment. And then after you're like, fuck not, then you start having a heart attack. So yeah. I saw Trey come off the thing. I'm like, Oh my fuck it. That's fucking Trey. So I walked through, he has like, headphones in and shit he's totally trying to be private i'm like i'm that guy right now but i totally was that guy and i got to say thank you and i got to say that your band wrote the soundtrack to my life and he was like you know it was just nice like i don't know that was that was a really vulnerable moment for me and it was nice that he you know he received that kindly and like he was just like wow like that's really cool man and that was it that's real so that's really nice because the common thing that you hear in those similar types of situations with other artists and celebrities is that you never want to meet your hero because it typically doesn't go that way. You get snubbed. They don't have the time for you. They have a life. They're on their way. So um, it's really, really nice that he took that moment with you. And, you know, to him, it's just any other day and he's moved on and forgotten about it. But it's value. That's great. 
Well, kind of, it's interesting because I obviously I remember the moment and it kind of like kind of snapped him out of like, you know, taking the earphones off and like being like, oh shit, this fucking guy, you know, I got to deal with this now. You know, and he was like, he kind of, you know, he kind of did like one of those and he was like, wow, you know, like, wow, like that's cool. You know, you really appreciate anyways. So you know, what, what, what are we going to get these guys? Right. So the best we can do yeah. and my secret mission again is to try to get so many people, um, you know, enjoying and, and loving and being happy because it's, it's happy and it's, it's good. It's a great experience. So yeah. for me, it started back in, I think it was, and again, I thought about it after last week too, because I know your story has changed a little bit. Uh, 95 after Jerry Garcia died. I love the dead. I still love the dead. Um, and I was at my neighbor's house, just, you know, they were, they had the dead on and I was just reflecting on how bummed I was that Jerry Garcia passed away. And he's like, Oh, Hey, you should check out this band called fish. You know, he's like, it's kind of like the dead. And I'm like, okay, cool. Whatever, man. He's like, and then <laughs> the best part is, he's like, they got, they got this song called cities <laughs> and then, and then, uh, you know, and then in, in the worst possible way tried to sing you know find a city that part and I was like okay whatever man so um that was in 95 I'm pretty sure and then two or three years went by and uh, I was at the mall with my other buddy and uh, I was looking for a cd to buy back when we bought cds and uh I saw you know I I don't remember if it popped into my mind. I think I was probably looking for Primus and I saw fish and I'm like, Oh yeah, this is what my buddy said. And I saw the, uh, the slip stitch and pass album. And then I turned it around and it was reasonably priced. I ended up having to borrow 10 bucks from my buddy drew to pay for it. But I paid him back and cities was the first song, right? I'm like, okay, cool. So the one song that I might be familiar with is on this reasonably priced CD. This is a good entry point to this band. And I remember, taking it home. I didn't listen to it in the car because I was, you know, you don't know what to expect, right? So you don't want to like, you're chilling with your buddy driving. You don't want to ruin the drive home when there's awesome stuff. You know, that's awesome. You could be listening to. So I remember getting it home and, and putting it in. And I remember, I remember not loving everything, but I remember being like, this is good. Mm -hmm. You know, I just had, I just had that. This sounds really good. Nothing was like, Oh God, I love this song. It just right. sounded really interesting. I like, I, I was starting to kind of get more serious on the guitar and uh, the phrasing was really interesting. You know, what Trey had to say on the guitar was really good. And it just, you know, it was just one of those things where it just kind of, you know, in the background. And then it wasn't until my parents bought me a live one uh, mm. for Christmas either that year or the next year I was driving to, they were both ill on boxing day and I was driving to family friend's house for, for boxing day dinner. And I was listening to a live one and I got to song number four, which is you enjoy myself after loving bouncing around the room. Uh, and then the, you know, the first break happened and you enjoy myself. And I was like, I was, I, I still feel the same way when I hear that song. I'm like, I can't believe somebody made this real. Uh, and this is probably the best song ever written. Like it just, it wow. just punched me, you know, and it was awesome. And after, uh, you know, you had that moment, I was like, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm in, I'm in now. So did it punch you in the eye? Oh, you know, that fish has a song called punch you in the eye. <laughs> did you know? Um, awesome. So that's how you discovered yeah. fish. That's a, yeah, yeah. It's a very, it's a very late nineties story. 
right? I think a story of somebody uh, discovering fish today would be very different. Uh, uh, well, mine, clearly, mine is, right? Because I, I asked, right? Like I asked how people got in and most of them, thankfully, so I'm not that much of a dinosaur, but most of it is all late 90s stories. So that's good. Right. Yeah. So similar for me, I, um, you introduced me to fish, as you know, um, and yep. my story goes, I was... I guess, I guess in the late 90s, really starting to get into music. Up until that point, all the music I liked and listened to was very much influenced by what was popular, what was on the radio, what was on television. Mm -hmm. um, when I would buy a CD, I would buy a CD based on the strength of one or two songs, typically mm -hmm. play those songs on repeat and maybe organically let it, let it play and discover some of the other tracks. But essentially, that's kind of what, how I listened to music. In late 99, we uh, got our first internet-based computer just before Y2K. And I was at a time in my life where I didn't know what I was going to do or what was going to happen. So I spent a lot of time on the internet late at night surfing and doing different things, just discovering the world, I guess you could say. But while yep. doing that, for the first time ever, I would let my CDs run track after track after track. And it wasn't until then that I really started to get into music. Um, and at that point, I was really heavy into Dave Matthews. Uh, you know, they were just prime. They were they were they were a really really big band. They were a live band that sounded great live, similar to the album, but had the ability to improvise and jam. And it's the first exposure that I had to that kind of music. And I think based on my love of that band was one of the reasons that you recommended Fish to me. I would think so. We were listening to a song in the car. We were going somewhere to play basketball, right? Yep. Yeah. And I think You Enjoy Myself was on. Was that the song? I think that's what I, I remember we listened to it because that's what I know. I, I know 100 percent. I played that song and I remember like I remember our moment, like the climax before the boy, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember laughing at how how silly the words like sounded. Right. Right. It was boy, boy, man, shit. And then, God, shit. What's you? Oh yeah, and then what's you feel? Whatever that that is, and I remember thinking, like, again, similar to you, it's interesting. It's kind of weird, but it's clearly good. This this band is clearly good. So yeah. based on that, you loaned me your Rift album, your Rift CD. I think and, I had it in the car. Like I I really do, and I'm like, here, just take it. Right. Right. So I went home, and I'm not sure if I played it that day, that night, if I waited a couple of days, but I do remember when I put it in. It started playing with the guitar, and I had no concept of what these guys looked like or what I was going to hear. I really went into it with an open mind. And um, within a few seconds, I, I realized it was really different from a lot of things that I had heard. It was the first music I had heard where you had two lead singers in a song, right? You had Trey and Paige trading off of each other. It also had like the four-part harmony that opens in the beginning with the first line. And I had, the only four-part harmonies I really knew were probably the Beach Boys and the Bee Gees, right? Like I, I never really heard that in rock music. And, you know, as the album keeps playing, I'm looking at the album cover. And I think it was the first album cover that I'd ever seen where the artwork and everything played into what was on the album. I'd had albums, of course, and looked at the artwork and there was some really neat stuff. But it was the first time that I immediately made the connection of the song titles and the themes of the album with the artwork that was on there. And I went, hmm. And I remember opening it up and reading all the liner notes and i didn't really do that with most of my cds at the time i took the booklet out i looked at who, who wrote the songs and all of this other stuff because i was really really interested um but i didn't it didn't quite hook me in the way that i am now like i went i went back i listened to a lot i still continue to listen to dave 
But then within a few months, I think every paycheck, every two weeks, I would go to Sunrise Records and I would buy one or two fish CDs, right? I basically filled up my catalog after Rift. I bought Rift. I gave back your copy. That was the first one that I bought because I knew it. I bought Farmhouse because it had just come out in, I think, early 2000. Uh, and then from there, I got into Story of the Ghost and Billy Breeze and kind of worked backwards. I got Hoist and then Lawn Boy and then Junta. And uh, yeah, they were part of my regular rotation for quite some time until I kind of fell off of the train uh, after, after the breakup of 1.0, got Undermine and Round Room when they came out in 2.0. But really, it was just always a band that was in the background until about a year ago when you and I went to the show. And since then, it's just been an everyday thing. Um, sort of a slow burn, I guess I would say, always kind of in the background. But now it's at the point where I need to listen every day, every day on the way home from work. I get surprised. I, you know, I'll go back and listen to different eras. I just can't get enough. You know, that's kind of where I'm at with it now. Um, songs that are old are new again to me. And it's, it's uh, I'm rediscovering things or songs that I didn't like at one point. I love now because I've heard the right version or, you know, it means something to me. So, um, was uh, was there ever? I'm um, I'm just thinking. I'm listening to you. Was there? Because one of the things that I remember is uh, so I had uh, slip stitch and pass and uh, the Wolfman's brother is the second song, and it was that it's that one lyric. This isn't who it would be if it wasn't who it is. I remember hearing that, thinking like, what an interesting way to phrase that. Did you ever have that experience where like early when like a lyric stuck in your mind and you're like, who the hell says that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of, of, a, of a specific one. Um, I think, I think bouncing around the room when I started listening to a live one um, and, and faintly bouncing around the room, like I thought like, like what, what are we talking about? I knew, I knew right away from listening to them that their lyrics um, and that's a whole other topic and a whole other series sure. of podcasts for sure. They're working on so many levels that there are so many different ways that you can interpret a lot of those songs. And the language and the verbiage used was something I never heard. You know, but to hear songs with lines like, you know, Golgi apparatus or Golgi apparatus. Like, who, or who I, can make I'd this? Like I'd like to cut your head off so I can weigh it. Yes, that that was apart from the lines and you enjoy myself when you and I were in the car on the way to play basketball. When I first listened yeah. to Riff, <laughs> I like to cut your head off so I could weigh it. What do you say? <laughs> you know, <laughs> are you are you actually proposing that to somebody? And who's gonna say yes? I like to go to your house and gather up all the razors and pull off all the prickly hairs <laughs> so I can weigh them. What do you, what do you say? say? It's um. Yeah, and, and that, you know, it, 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 it felt weird, but at the same time, I knew that instead of thinking like most groups and most bands, they were thinking on a very different level and were doing what they were doing for different reasons than I think a lot of bands I was listening to. That was evident just in listening to it. So, yeah, the music grabbed me pretty early on. It was a slow burn in the background for, I would say, the, you know, the past 18, 19 years up until... Uh, uh, the passion that sparked me one terrible night about a year ago. And it's been, it's been a consistent play ever since. So um, love it. And, you know, I, I obviously, same with you. I, I want to get more people in my life listening to it. So I, so I can enjoy that with them. Uh, I mean, you're great, but we want more, you know, <laughs> I mean, so you're right, you, if, it, 
if it never happens, I'll be fine. My life will go on. But uh, so, you know, so I, yeah. But here's the thing. I I I think that it will happen. I think, uh, and you know, there's a there's a couple interesting things. So I mean, like we've been I've been trying to be and, and we've been trying to be as active, you know, on Reddit, trying to create information and actually make this as as scientific as possible, right? Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think um, so. You know, my 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 wife, who I, I think should be a, a guest on the podcast because it's is relatively fresh in her mind. Right. So keep in mind, like, you know, because there's people I think that want this. I always think there's I always think many, many people who listen to fish want other people to, you know, enjoy that experience with them. You know, one thing just to just one thing to keep in mind, though, is like it takes time. Right. Like you just finished saying this has been a slow burn for 18 years. Mm hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And my wife is another one. Like it's, it's been like a slow burn for, and I don't think she's there yet. I don't think she's had her moment quite yet where she's like, or maybe she just doesn't want to admit it to herself. Right. That like a band that she used to really actually, you know, dislike like openly, mm-hmm. like it was, it was bad. And that, you know, so whether, whether that's part of the case, but like it's taken 20 years to get to this point, right. right? Where Go ahead. what did, what did she dislike about it? Has she ever gotten specific about what it was? Yeah. So, I mean, so, yep. So to her, it sounded like a bunch of noodling. Right. I've heard that before. Yeah. So she never, she never took the time to, to, to listen. You have to listen, right? You have to listen to this music. If it's just something that's on in the background, there's going to be a few sections that, and I mean, for different reasons, that's not necessarily a bad thing that a few sections catch you and the parts that are you know, the parts where they're figuring out the jam don't necessarily speak to you. That's fine. But it was just, it didn't sound like anything to her. It all sounded like one continuous same song. Right. Which I, which I think if you're um, not experienced in a certain genre or sound, or uh, you could be naive to, to, to that. You know, I think a lot of people that don't listen to EDM would assume that it's the same <clears throat> beat for every yeah. single song. And that's what it's going to be. But there's actually a lot of layers that's built that are built into that type of music. Um, yeah. And, and, and I think the more, the more I listen to it, the more I've learned how to listen to it through the help of you and some other things that I've seen online and just experienced. Um, you can listen to the same song multiple times and hear different things, depending on where you're focusing and what you're hearing and what's happening. You know, it's, well, it's how many, uh, like how many live shows do you go to where like, people are actually actively listening to what's going on, right? Like if, you know, if you were to take, and, and you know, nothing against like top 40 or, or the popular bands, but like, like here, I'll give you, I'll give you an example. This is actually quite funny. We went to go see the Dead & Company um, last year, and I'm still bummed that everything's canceled for this year. But and behind was us- just before this show, right? You went, to, you went to Chicago last year? Just before, yeah. We went to see Night 2 at Wrigley. Um, mm-hmm. and right, and, and right behind us was this poor young innocent creature who was there to see John Mayer. And I'm like, oh, darling, you're not going to hear anything of John Mayer tonight other than him singing, you know, the dead tunes. And she was really disappointed. And like the, the you know, the, the boys were awesome. They rocked it. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's just interesting how, you know, and I, I think, because I, I don't like, I don't particularly listen to John Mayer, but I think he's starting to get more jammy in, in his shows as well. Whereas before, I'm, yeah. I think that it was, uh, you know, it was very much, we have the same set list, we're going to play the same songs, we're going to play the same solos, same leads, you know, we're going to play the popular songs. You know, so it's just interesting how, you know, we're trained to hear music a certain way and a lot of it, you know, requires you to, to, to actually listen. Mm-hmm. And it, it, my, my whole point in saying that is like, 
you know, other shows like that, people don't care if they miss a song or if they're getting a beer or if, you know, but with fish, yeah. it's you listen. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's, and there's always the anticipation of anything could be next. You don't know, right? Most bands, you can see their set list. It's the same every night because of whatever reason, that's how they do it. And that's okay. But the predictability or the surprises or the anything could happen goes out the window. You know, I'm sure there's little moments here and there and you get to hear your favorite songs and that's satisfying. But when you, you know, when you love an entire band's catalog and you're capable of playing anything, they could bust out a new cover at any given point or add a jam at any given point or just, or just change the way that they're doing it. It's, it's, uh, I think it adds a whole new layer that you don't get with a lot of music. So what can, uh, as we're wrapping it up, what can people expect from the podcast? That's a great question. I think, I think they can expect us um, trying to influence more people and trying to find ways to get others uh, to like fish and to, and, to, and to explore what they're all about. But I think the way we're going about that is going to evolve and change and, and hopefully it'll be interactive. We'll get, some, we'll get some good guests and some people on here talking about their experiences and learning what they've done to get other people into fish. And I think we're just going to learn a lot about the band and explore and have some fun, talk about their music, our experiences with it. Um, yeah. And, and just go, go deeper down the well and, and find out how deep we can really go and how much of an influence we can potentially have with fish fans. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to applying the science of influence um, to fish and to something that I really love. And that's made a, a massive impact in my life. Awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, uh, and hopefully those that are listening are as well. And we can, and we can go from here and see, where, see what happens. The plan is there is no plan. And uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. You've been listening to Ticket to Game Hedge. If you like what you heard, please subscribe. It helps us a lot. You can also follow us on YouTube and Instagram. Thank you for listening and stay safe.